How do you respond when things are unfair in your life or when you go through trying times or suffering? Do you complain and whine? Do you think that God must not care about you, that he's forgotten all about you? Maybe you stop trusting him because clearly a loving God wouldn't let you go through this awful experience. Well, our character, Joseph, in this story today has a really different attitude towards the Lord. He doesn't come out of prison complaining and whining and doubtful of his God. The opposite is true. He is audacious in his faith. So once again, I'm glad that you've joined me on Audacious Arrows, where we are becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's word. Well, we pick up our story of Joseph today, and he has been waiting in prison for two whole years. The cupbearer and the baker, who he had interpreted the dreams, well, the baker died, he was hanged, but the cupbearer went back into Pharaoh's court, and Joseph had just asked him to remember him before Pharaoh because he had done nothing wrong. Basically, go tell Pharaoh that I'm innocent and ask to get me out of prison. But the cupbearer did not remember Joseph, forgot all about him. And here we are, two whole years later. So think about a time you've waited for something. Did you wait two whole years for it? We're also going to hear about the Nile. And when we talk about the Nile, they're talking about the Nile River. There's a major river that runs through Egypt. And then we're going to talk about famine a lot. And a famine is um, a really serious scarcity of food in an area. Often it's caused if there is a lack of rain for a long period of time. Um, Food, grain won't grow, plants won't grow, and then there's nothing for animals to eat. So the animals will either leave the region or they'll die out. And the result of it is that there's just no food for anybody. So that's what a famine is. We're going to hear about that a lot in our story today. So let's dive in. We're in Genesis chapter 41. So find that in your Bible, Genesis chapter 41. Here we go. After two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile, and behold, there came up out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump, and they fed in the reed grass. And behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And the ugly, thin cows ate up the seven attractive plump cows. And Pharaoh awoke, and he fell asleep and dreamed a second time. And behold, seven ears of grain, plump and good, were growing on one stalk, And behold, after them sprouted seven ears, thin and blighted by the east wind. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. So in the morning his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was none who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, 
I remember my offenses today. When Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, we dreamed on the same night, he and I, each having a dream with its own interpretation. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each man according to his dream. And as he interpreted to us, so it came about. I was restored to my office, and the baker was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream, and there's no one who can interpret it. I've heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, in my dream I was standing on the banks of the Nile. Seven cows, plump and attractive, came up out of the Nile and fed in the reed grass. Seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and thin, such as I had never seen in all the land of Egypt. And the thin, ugly cows ate up the first seven plump cows. But when they had eaten them, no one would have known that they had eaten them, for they were still as ugly as at the beginning. Then I awoke. I also saw in my dream seven ears growing on one stalk, full and good. Seven ears, withered, thin, and blighted by the east wind, sprouted after them, and the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears. And I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind are also seven years of famine. It is as I told Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them there will arise seven years of famine, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land, and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow, for it will be very severe. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that the thing is fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it about. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities and let them keep it. That food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. So in Egypt during this time, Pharaoh would have been seen as a god. Um, he, he was almost like a god to them. And imagine if God has a troubling dream. That's very upsetting. This would have been um, a real crisis for his court. And any magician or wise man that tried to under, 
tried to give the meaning or the interpretation of this, if they got it wrong, they'd be executed. So this is kind of stressful for Pharaoh's court. Pharaoh's troubled by these dreams. There's a lot in this story that reminds me of the story of Daniel, when Daniel goes and interprets um, the dreams in that book, which you can go back and listen to those earlier episodes. Um, There's a lot of similarities between Joseph and Daniel in this part of the story. I think about what God is doing for Egypt, for Pharaoh, for the people of Egypt in this particular story. Even though the Egyptians do not honor God, do not know him, um, he's very merciful to them. God did not have to warn them about this famine to come, but he did. He gave Pharaoh this dream, which was a huge blessing. By giving Pharaoh this dream, or these two dreams, that told him what was going to happen, Pharaoh would be able to prepare for this famine. Think about also what God is doing through Joseph. Uh, God is using Joseph here to interpret these dreams. If Joseph wasn't there, they wouldn't be able to interpret these dreams. So God is using Joseph in a powerful way. And we're going to see later on that God is doing this He gave the gift of these dreams to Pharaoh also to provide for people outside of Egypt, like Joseph's family, who are going to be affected by this famine. This is a severe famine over a large area. So it's going to affect even people like Joseph's family that lives far away. So God is very merciful in giving these dreams to Pharaoh and in allowing them, like giving them a little heads up. Hey, there's a famine coming. You better prepare for it. And we can kind of start to see what God is doing with Joseph. And and he has great plans here, doesn't he? Let's look at Joseph. So he has been sitting in prison for a long time. I don't know exactly how long before the baker and the cupbearer came to prison, but he had been there a while. And then after the cupbearer left, it says this is two whole years later. So at least at least two years and probably a little bit more than that, Joseph has been in prison for doing nothing wrong. He's innocent. And really, Joseph could have during that time said, you know, I think God has just forgotten about me. He must not be that good. He must not be that powerful. He could have developed all kinds of doubts. But I think it's clear when Joseph is finally brought out of prison, or in one place in our reading it says out of the pit, that his faith has only been strengthened by this experience because he's so bold with Pharaoh. Did you notice that? First of all, if he gives the wrong interpretation of this dream to Pharaoh, it's off with his head, right? So there's some pressure for sure to get this right. But Joseph doesn't seem to hesitate at all. He answers Pharaoh right away and he confidently says, well, it's not me, it's God, which this is not Pharaoh's God. So Pharaoh might have been offended by that or might not have really liked to hear about another God. But Nevertheless, they keep going with their conversation, and Joseph just jumps right into an interpretation. He's very confident in his understanding of this dream, that God has given him insight into what this dream is about. And then when he's done, he keeps going, and then he's so bold that he tells Pharaoh 
what he ought to do <laughs> with it, right? So at the very end, he's like, now therefore... Let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt, basically to be in charge of storing up food so that we have some set aside for those years of famine. Joseph is incredibly audacious here. He's very confident, not in his own abilities, but he's confident that his God can give him the interpretation and can give him the insight that he needs to interpret these dreams for Pharaoh. And once again, God also shows his favor towards Joseph by giving him the wisdom and the knowledge that he needs to do this task. All along, God has been gracious towards Joseph. He has elevated him to high positions in Potiphar's house. He elevated him within the prison. Even though he was in prison, he had a high position there. And now, God has given him favor before Pharaoh, and Joseph can be very bold, um, trusting in the Lord, which is a good lesson for us. We can be confident because we have the exact same God that Joseph had, the very same God that made Joseph so courageous and audacious and bold is the same God that we worship and that we pray to, who hears our prayers and who cares about us. Well, Joseph certainly could have come out of prison um, and gotten vengeance on the cupbearer who forgot all about him or Potiphar who put him into prison wrongly. He could have said something to Pharaoh and probably gotten those men killed, Um, but he didn't. He's silent on that issue, and instead he just simply helps Pharaoh with his dreams. Um, He's kind, and I'm sure the cupbearer appreciated Joseph's kindness in not mentioning... um, his, his error there. I think that Joseph really embodies the marks of a true Christian, which are in our memory verse for this week. In fact, our memory verses for the past several weeks, we've been working on Romans chapter 12, and we started way back in verse 9, and now we're all the way to verse 20. We're going to memorize verses 20 and 21 this week. So this is Romans 12, verses 20 and 21. To the contrary, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I'm so glad that you joined me on Audacious Arrows once again. We'll see you next time.